Let's remember today that we're all a part of the body of Christ. You may not be a member of Christian Embassy. You, you can be, but you may not be. But please receive the Word of the Lord today as we preach the Word of God. We're going to be talking about two responses to courage. And this is a day and age where we need courage more than ever. We've called on us as a church to partner with Christians around the world this 40 days of prayer and fasting and seeking God for our city as we uh, lead up during this time of Lent to uh, Palm Sunday. And uh, today's day 12, and uh, if you've got the book or you've got the app, Seek God for the City. If you don't, you can get it and just download it. It's there on all your iPhone and uh, Androids and all that kind of stuff. You can get it there. But day 12 is we're seeking God for God's light to bring abundant life. And we're praying on behalf in our prayer walk of the poor. So, uh, you know, uh, if there's any poor among you, you can just say, here, pray, walk, prayer walk around me. But as we walk in uh, and do our prayer, let's pray for the poor. That Let me tell you what, that God, is, His uh, rich blessings would be revealed unto them and that they could definitely see a change in their lives. Also, I'm praying on behalf of Asia and um, the uh, Pacific. Uh, so that's part of our prayer focus this week. So let's stay in focus. Some of you have asked, you know, what are we fasting? Uh, the Lord just really impressed upon me to, to share with you what He shared with me. And that was, instead of me telling you what to fast, or us as a church saying you're going to fast this for 40 days, that you get up every day and say, God, what would you have me fast today? And just get that intimate, up-to-date uh, leading of the Lord and His Holy Spirit and what you should fast and if there's any monetary savings in that fast, that you would set that aside so that we can do the Isaiah fast where we're helping feed the hungry and we're helping clothe the naked and we're helping house the, the homeless. And he said that's the fast that he has chosen so that we can just convert that and just make that as an extra offering fast for your fasting. Just memo it that way and all of that will go in for that. So that, uh, you know, but this is a day and age. Let me tell you, church, we are on a... The world is on a quick, quick downward spiral for a collision with destruction. Uh, you see, everything is exponentially going in the wrong direction more and more. And that's how throughout history, if you'll study history, that is how it has always happened. Great empires, even like the Roman Empire, and then all of a sudden, with the moral decay, it began to, and it was always destroyed from within. And, uh, and it was a lack of moral standards and biblical standards that it claimed that it was a Christian nation and then it uh, walked away from that and it started allowing and agreeing with and participating in uh, the very sensual and sexual uh, mis. Uh, direction of how the enemy gets in and with family breakdown and it just from every one of the the foundational breakdowns began because that's how the enemy strategically works and if someone doesn't stand up against it it just goes into a plummet and a, a time of destruction and it's better it's almost like the Lord says this thing's better to to be destroyed and then rebuilt and uh, but the good thing is we don't have to get to that place we, can, we need to be able to stand up, and I pray this message today will cause you to want to be a man or a woman of courage. Uh, we're going to look at two responses to courage today, and uh, we'll be looking in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 14. But I believe there is a grace uh, where the Lord is imparting a gift 
of another level of courage. I believe as our uh, trying times and challenging times we're facing, I believe there's a grace uh, of gift of God to give us another level of anointing for courage. And I pray in the next 30 plus minutes before we leave here that you will come up under that, that new level of anointing for courage to be able to, that you might be a, a mighty, mighty force standing up for uh, the work of the Lord because courage is a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal. Courage moves heaven, we see throughout the Scripture, and courage has this domino effect on the earth around us and people around us as it affects people. So none of us live our lives unto ourselves. Our decisions, they affect the world around us. Our decisions affects the world around us. And courageous people change atmospheres. And I pray that you'll leave here today and be a walking, talking, atmosphere-changing agent of God as you go out under this new anointing of a new level of courage. And, and, and it's all about God's glory. It's all about not our glory, but it's all about God's glory. When Jesus turned the water into wine, it says that the end of these signs, Jesus did, everything He did was manifesting His glory. It was manifesting the glory of God. See, so, see when Jesus came and did what He uh, did, He said, I'm doing what the Father, I saw the Father do, I do what He does, I, what I heard the Father say, that's what I say. And everything that He did was manifesting His glory. And uh, this, tell, this tells us that every time there is kingdom activity, Heaven responds by releasing glory. So if we would courage, would rise up and be the people of God that God has called us to be, let me tell you what, there can be kingdom activity in and through us and heaven will respond by releasing glory here on the earth. That's what Isaiah 60, its whole theme is about. He says it carries that theme, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. See, if you arise, then the Lord will arise over you and His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall even come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So it's, what he's saying here is if you arise, if you'll do your part and, and shine with, with, with the radiance of the glory of God that you carry, God responds with greater glory. We're like the moon and He's the sun. We've got to have the moon. We've got to rise up so that He can reflect His glory off of us to uh, impact those around us. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible, when we study it, it's all about the glory of God. That's a single focus and ambition is the glory of God. The Scripture says that the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea in Habakkuk 2 and 14. He says that is, that, that's about His glory. He said the earth is not going to be void. The earth is not Satan's home. The earth is not Satan's final destination. Hell is. The eternal abyss is. Let me tell you what. But the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We can't give up on the earth, church. And He told us to occupy and advance His kingdom and to pray thy kingdom kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants His glory to be manifest. He wants His glory to be manifest here on this earth. And you and I have a part, but we have to arise. 
We have to arise. We have to have courage to take our position and to take our place and let the glory of the Lord not only radiate in us, but reflect and radiate through us and around us. That's the end goal. The Lord is desiring and, uh, for everything to be immersed and, and bathed and baptized in His glory. Like He said, like the waters. There's mountains under that sea. You look there. You look at that water on the screen and you see there, it looks kind of flat and all, but there's mountains. and There's caves under there. There's high places and low places. There's vegetation under there. But it's all covered with the water. And God said, that's how I want this earth. I want it to be covered with my glory. I'm telling you, the glory of God is so important. It is the manifest presence of Jesus. It is the doctor, doxa, the weight and presence and, and, and the manifest of God Himself. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says in Romans 3 and 23, we've all sinned. And what did we fall short? What did sin? What would the enemy trying to get us to sin and cause for us? For us to fall short of the glory. He wanted us to stop reflecting the glory. He wanted us to stop changing the world, not by our actions, but by the glory of God reflecting off of our lives. So we see the glory is God's original intent. That's the original intent. The glory of God, that manifest presence of Jesus, is actually the initial target for every human alive, including all of creation. And to be immersed in. This is, your, this is who God created you to be. He created you to be immersed in and live in His manifest presence. In the presence of His Son, Jesus. See, when sin happened, we fell sh short of that target. But God didn't give up on us. He came to restore us. He came to give us the gift of, of eternal life and forgiveness, that which we could not earn, and to give us the gift of righteousness, to get us back into the place where we could radiate and reflect the glory of God. He forgave us. He, he bought us. He healed us. He delivered us. He restored us to the target, which is the glory of the Lord. Wow. We're going to look at a story this morning in the Old Testament where one starts off in the glory of the Lord, but if you're not careful, the choices you make can get you out of the very path of God and His glory. Amen. And we're talking about Saul this morning, and he starts off a pretty good king. He starts out with humility, and he's not arrogant, and he doesn't use his power for personal gain. He was actually a servant of God, and the Bible says he was a servant of the people. But over time, he became very impatient with people and, 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 and was not developed within and in his walk with God. So he crumbled under the weight of his responsibility. And the Bible says he became very arrogant and egotistical and, and he ended up doing all these crazy things that the Bible records. And, and he did these things that are, are, are humiliating to man and degrading to God. In 1 Samuel 13, the Lord says he actually had to reject him. He said, I rejected him. And I started looking for a man after my own heart. And that's when Samuel started under the instruction of God going and looking for, uh, you know, the son of, 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 of Samuel. Not Samuel, but Jesse. So that he finds David and anoints him to be the next king. But Saul is still king. And, uh, and it was in this setting, though, when Saul was early in his reign. He's in his second year as the king, the first king Israel has ever had. And that's the setting that we've got the story we're going to look at this morning about his son, Jonathan, Saul's son. Now, Jonathan is an ex extraordinary man of courage. And we're going to read about that. 
And he's the one that became the closest friend to David, if you remember, before David became king. Now, 1 Samuel 14, verse 6, let's pick up there. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, his armor bearer, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Now, I want you to look at that phrase. Uh, go back to that verse. I want you to look at that bold-faced phrase there. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. That phrase you want to remember for the rest of your life. That, that verse of Scripture right there, that part of the Scripture, don't ever let the enemy rob that for, from you. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. And we see that throughout the Scripture. If you remember, there was a time there were 5,000 men plus their wives and children, about 15,000, 20,000 men and uh, people, and they were all hungry. And the Bible says that all Jesus, could, they brought to him was a kid's happy meal. All they had is a little fish snack. And uh, it was impossible to feed 15 to 20,000 people with that little boy's lunch. But with God, all things are possible. See, we've got to have our minds renewed here because if we get stuck in dealing with the world, the world's way, we're going to be tapping into the world's power, which is dirty, the world's power, which is corrupted, the world's power, which has Satan's influence in, which is going to take you on a downward spiral and bring you to destruction. We've got to have our minds renewed so we stay with God and know that even though it looks impossible, all things are possible with God. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. See, God is not limited by size. Somebody talk to me now. See, we get troubled by size and numbers and time, and we get under pressure because of numbers, time, and size, but God does it. It does not cause him to lose one ounce of sleep. He doesn't have the Wall Street mentality. He knows that he can take a child's lunch and he can feed a multitude. See, see that we've got to understand that nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or few. Somebody may be here right now or tuning in right now and you're listening and you're dealing with some numbers that, or you're dealing with a need or you're dealing with a situation or you're dealing with a report or you're dealing with some circumstances that seemingly are overwhelming, that seemingly are bigger than what you have the resources to come up against. But I need to hear, let you hear the Word of God today. And the Word of God to you is this, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. The number of it does not affect God. The size of it does not affect God. The time of it does not affect God. And if you will tap into God, there's a glory of God that wants to manifest in and through your circumstance to show forth the miracle working power of God that all things are possible to him who believes. See, one of the most powerful stories in the Bible is where the people of God are going through such a severe famine, they're actually starving to death. We've talked about this recently, where they were eating dove's dung, and even to the place they were eating their own children, they were that hungry. I mean, horrible, horrible. And the prophet prophesied that they would have plenty by this time tomorrow, that the stores would be overstocked, that there would be so much that the, the bread would actually begin to mold. There would be too much that people couldn't eat. And they couldn't imagine that. They've been in such a famine. They're so hungry. They're boiling a, an ox's head. They're boiling a donkey's head just to get some flavor uh, to try and, and, and think that they're eating. And, and here this prophet 
It's saying within 24 hours, there will be more food than you can imagine. Something that was absolutely impossible. But it became doable because it was the word of the Lord. Somebody needs to take hold of the word of the Lord over the word of man. You need to take the word of the Lord over the word of that report. You need to take the word of the Lord over the word that has come to you. Let me tell you what. God's word is supreme. God's word is supreme. And the Bible says that by uh, the next day, within 24 hours, the people had such a feast, they had such a surplus, there was such an overflow that you couldn't hardly give the bread away and couldn't give the food away. It was so much. The price went down to nothing. They went from nothing to feasting within 24 hours because of God. Nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Nothing. Let me tell you, you've got to have a renewed mind. See, the renewed mind is neither impressed or intimidated by numbers. And we as Christians, if we're going to have courage to stand up against the opposition and stand up against the enemy, we've got to have our minds renewed and say, I'm going to do it God's way no matter what's going on. I'm going to do it God's way no matter what the circumstances look like. I'm going to have a renewed mind. I'm neither impressed or intimidated by size. I'm neither impressed or intimidated by time. I'm neither impressed or intimidated by the problem because I know who my God is uh, and I'm going to see Him work a miracle in this matter. See, in any given day, most of us will face situations where with the news report that comes or the bill that is past due, and, and, and let me tell you what, uh, we have the challenge on us relationally, the challenges on us financially. Uh, there's, there's things that, w- that come against us that knocks the wind out of us. Some of you in here are trying to catch your breath even now from some circumstance that's knocked the wind out of you. And, and, and let me tell you what, you can rise up above that if you will say, wait a minute, I have access to the glory of God. I have access to the manifest presence of God. I just need to be a man or woman of faith with courage and stand up, arise and shine and let the glory of the Lord rise upon me. Hallelujah. But if you choose to go with a carnal mind, let me tell you, you will still be impressed and intimidated by numbers you will still be impressed or intimidated by reports. You will still be impressed or intimidated by size if you go with a carnal mind. I would say to you today, let us let faith arise as we hear the teaching of the Word of God and let the Word of God renew our minds because the renewed mind thinks different. The renewed mind actually comes from the realm of unlimited supply towards a problem. You need to start thinking that way. You need to stop thinking, well, how can I, when will I, how could it ever work? I can't ever imagine, I can't picture it. And you need to have your mind renewed and say, I do picture it. God said he'd meet all my need according to his riches and glory. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He owns the gold, the diamonds, everything that is in it. I'm telling you, all the oil resource, everything is his creative order. Why in the world am I even thinking of limit? Why am I thinking of a lid on this situation? My mind is renewed. I have an unlimited supply mindset. And this isn't just trying to say mind over matter or I'm just imagining I got money in my bank account, I got money in my bank account, I got money in my bank account, I got power coming out of my hands. We're not talking about that. We're talking about our reality. This is what God says. And I had the courage to stand on the word of God no matter what the circumstances are like. I'm not letting go of the word. I'm not backing down on the word. I'm not intimidated. The word says it and the word is my plumb line and I'm going to see the manifest of God in this. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said, if you abide in me, that's the realm of kingdom. That's the realm of kingdom. If you abide in me, 
and my words abide in you. He said, what did he say? You can ask anything. He said, you can ask anything you want and nothing will be impossible to you. Do we believe that or do we not? Nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Hallelujah. We need to learn to live in the realm of abundant supply towards our problems and situations. Let me tell you what, we need courage to hold on to the Word. We need courage to hold on to the Word and stand in faith regardless of what's going on around us. So we look at Jonathan. He said to his young armor bearer, come let us go into the garrison of these uncircumcised. They're not in covenant. They've denied God. It may be that the Lord will work for us for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or few. So his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. And if they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say to us, come up to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has delivered them into our hand and this will be a sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines and the Philistines said, look, these Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they've been hiding. They've been hidden, hiding themselves over here in these holes. Look at them crawling out. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us. We'll show you something. Come on up to us. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into, into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and his knees and with his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan. And he came after him. His armor bearer killed them. Now I'm telling you what, this is a good story. You can look at it in the Bible and it gets bloody, okay? But it's a good story. And if you'll just see them as demons, because all the Old Testament uh, warfare is to show us what spiritual warfare looks like so we can understand it. These Philistines are uncircumcised. They're not in covenant with God. They are in covenant with the enemy. They are, the, they are you might would say, the foot soldiers of Satan on the earth. So as we fight not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rules of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, they're showing us how to fight. So it's a good story here. And here's what was going on. The Israel, they were in a, tight, a tough place uh, because the context of what's happening here is Jonathan's dad, who's Saul, he's two years the king, he's just uh, you know, trying to unite the country together. And until now, they've just been a country spread out with tribes. That's it. Not really unified. It, unified. And, uh, and the biggest problem at this time they were dealing with was these people called the Philistines who had migrated from a superior culture base in the area of Greece, and they had spread out along those uh, coastal plains and uh, between the central mountains and the Mediterranean Sea, and, and they just began to prosper there. And uh, they came from a more advanced civilization, so they had superior weapons made out of we uh, metal, and they also had these things called these horse-drawn chariots, things the Israelites didn't have. So militarily, the Israelites were at a huge disadvantage. They were, they were stuck with inferior weapons and slower modes of transportation. And the Philistines are, are now getting a little worried because these spread out tribes are now got a king and the king is uniting them. Now let me tell you what, if we see this in the spiritual warfare aspect that God wants us to, the enemy gets nervous when the people of God come together. The enemy of God gets nervous 
Well, even though the, the people of God have inferior weapons, they have, they have inferior modes of transportation, I mean, here the Philistine has like tanks. And here all they got is a donkey or a mule or a, or a horse and, and, and not many of them. And it's like they've got mighty metal weapons and here the people of God has kind of got sticks and you know, not a whole lot of weaponry there because they've just been nomadic and now uh, farmers. And, and it's like, wait a minute. But in the midst of how much more powerful the Philistine army in number, size, equipment, finances, everything was over the Israelites, when the Israelites started uniting, the Philistines got nervous. I'm telling you, the devil will plan everything he can to divide us. He will cause you to look at the negative of your brother or your sister and cause you to judge them as though you don't have a negative in your life. And he will use it as a wedge to cause a division because he knows that once we get into that battle, we're fighting among ourselves and the enemy says, I can keep on with my agenda and I don't even have to worry with the stupids. I mean, the Bible actually says the fools. Okay? So, so I'd be nice with the stupids. I mean, the Bible calls them the fools. So, so the enemy is afraid when we come together. I pray today that there are pulpits all over America and all over the world who is calling for a church to come together under the name of Jesus Christ, under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ, and have a courage to arise and shine that the glory of the Lord might once again begin to reflect off of a united people and the blessing of God would be manifest on the people of God in such a way. So here the Philistines, they, they want to divide and weaken the Israelites. So... Uh, here the, this was their battle plan. So they, they said, we're going to come in there and we're going to uh, encamp ourselves. They came in with 30,000 chariots. Now here you don't have one tank. And they come in with 30,000 tanks. Can you imagine? They had 8,000 horsemen, the Bible says. And the Bible says they had more foot soldiers than you could even count. That was the Philistines. And they come and they encamp straight, they march right, right straight in the middle of Israel and they set up at Michmash. And they are just spanned out there like, look at us, look at us. And the only escape route for, for the Israelites is if they were to go across the Jordan River and, uh, and, and go out into the desert. But look, they, they, most of the people had fled. They were hiding in caves. There were a few brave souls that stayed with King Saul. About 600 men, the Bible says. And they're hanging out under a pomegranate tree and they had no idea what to do. They're just there in the shades and you know, we've left our homes, we've left everything. We're afraid. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Look at them out there. Look at them like an army of ants that are coming up against us. But his son Jonathan and his armor bearer broke out of hiding. Said enough is enough. And it's time that we go towards the enemy. I would tell you it's time for you to stop fighting your brother and sister or stop sitting there on pause wondering what's the next step and say enough is enough. The devil has made an assault on our nation. He, we say we are one nation under God and he has come to erode the very foundation of that. He said, we said that the Bible is our standard of, and if God says that, that we are to be husband and wife and then children, uh, the enemy is trying to rip out the sanctity of marriage uh, and if God said it should be man and woman to be married, uh, the enemy is snatching that out and putting men with men and women with women which the Bible says is an abomination to God uh, and if 
if we were to, the Bible says that we are to honor God and worship Him, the, the devil's snatching that out to where we're trying to honor ourselves and worship our career and worship, and it's more about me than it is about the kingdom of God, and we're acting in unrighteousness, and we're acting in fear, and we're acting in intimidation. It's time for us to come out of hiding. It's time that the enemy says, shut up, get in your cave, keep your mouth shut, I'll let you meet behind your stained glass windows uh, as long as you shut up and keep it in there. And now they're even saying you can't say certain things even in there. We're going to control that. Let me tell you what, the Philistines are still trying to rob the earth from the glory of God uh, and get the, uh, 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 the agenda of the enemy uh, to be the agenda of the whole world. So here, Jonathan and his armor bearer said, no, no, we're not. So he says, we're going to go out and open. Now, now that's a losing element of surprise, okay? You don't just come out. If you're going, I mean, you're already outnumbered, okay? You got to at least ambush them. But no, nope, we're going to come out and open and make ourselves known. Somebody needs to come out and open and make yourself known that you're still on the Lord's side. You're going to stand with God even if it costs you your life. You're going to stand for righteousness even if it costs you your business, even if it costs you anything. Let me, but it's not. It's not because you're going to find that, that, that God's hand is not short, that He will show Himself miraculous in the lives of those that will stand. Hallelujah. So He says to His armor bearer, come here and, and let's go. And uh, as they're coming and they show themselves, there's those 20 men that are standing guard that they come up to and they said, come up here, come up here. And, uh, and, and remember what uh, Jonathan said. He said to his armor bearers, they say, come up here. That means the Lord has given them to us. So they said, look at these Hebrews crawling up out of the holes. Can you imagine? We're going to stand up today in courage of the Lord and we're going to begin to declare the principles and the righteousness of God. And the enemy is going to say, look at that puny little sorry thing. You've been hiding in a closet. Who thinks going to hear your voice? What difference are you going to make? Okay. But then one of them had the nerve to say, come on up here. We want to show you something. Come on. Jonathan turns to his armor bearer and he says, okay, that's confirmation. God is going to give us the victory. And look what happens next. Now, 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 now don't forget now that smart battle plans include you want an element of surprise. That's gone. You want to be on higher ground than your enemy because you fight from a stronger stance when you're not crawling up the hill, but you're fighting from the top of the hill. Well, that's not the case either. They don't have the element of surprise. They don't have the position. It looks like the worst military plan ever, second to you sending the choir out front. And you remember there was a time where God said, send the choir out front, and, and another innumerable army was destroyed, okay? But the point is, the Lord just brings about victory different than we do. So that's why we have to have our minds renewed. We can't fight the world's way. We can't fight the, you know, the, the, the lust of the flesh. We can't do that. We've got to walk by the Spirit. Because God brings victory different than we do. He can have, he can have these uh, lepers walk into the enemy's camp and the enemy's camp hear the sound of armies as though nations have united with Israel and they flee and leave all of their food and all of their belongings and everything. They just leave it out of fear. And that's how the other famine was ended because lepers went in there just saying, you know, we sit here, we're going to die. We just got to go. We need some food. And the Lord used that. Another time he uses a choir. Send the praisers out front. And the praisers are praising. And when they come over the hill, it's like a valley is filled with red. And they're like, is that the sun reflecting off of the sun? And they get there and it's blood. 
The enemy had turned on themselves and destroyed themselves. Oh my goodness. See, God brings about victory different than we do. And sometimes we lack victory in certain areas because we don't want to do it His way. I've learned a long time ago, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it God's way. Because His way may not make sense to the natural mind, but it makes perfect sense to Him. And if I have faith to trust Him, I'm coming out on top. Hallelujah. So, so here's Jonathan and his armor bearer crawling. I mean, they're crawling. The, the incline of the hill is so steep. You ever climbed up a hill and you're climbing and you're sliding and you keep climbing and you're sliding? That's kind of the, the ge- geography they're in here. And it's really slow for them, but they keep crawling up uh, on their hands and knees. And the Bible says that the soldiers fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer, and his armor bearer forgot to give Jonathan his sword. Good armor bearer, right? You know, he's climbing and holding on, and he forgot to even give Jonathan his sword, and yet they destroy the 20. Huh, good story. Verse 14 says that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men without about half an acre of land. And there was trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled, and the earthquake, so that it was a very great trembling. I'm here to tell you, if you begin to put your faith in God and say, I'm going to do it God's way, you can this day say, I am done with fear. No more fear. I mark fear out. I cross it out. I'm going to be a man or woman of faith. I'm not going to be a man or woman of fear. Fear causes me to panic. Fear causes me to act the way of the world. I'm I'm a man or woman of faith. Somebody say that right now. I am of faith. I walk in faith. I talk faith. I live faith. My mind's renewed. I am of faith. Hallelujah. And when you say no to fear, it only reminds the devil that he is doomed. You will make him nervous. See, when you resist fear, this, there's a wave of intimidation that goes over the demonic realm. He shows us that in the story here. And they begin to tremble because they're reminded they have a death sentence. So the enemy may act like he's got the upper hand, but if somebody, just a few, if somebody has the courage to stand on the Word and stand by the Spirit, you will shake the whole enemy's camp. You say, no, fear is not going to silence me. Fear is not going to sit me down. Fear is not going to cause me to receive my healing. No, fear is not going to keep me in poverty. No. So here's two guys, and they, they are courageous in the face of the opposing army. That their faith ushers in the manifest presence of God and the power of God. The glory of the Lord enters the situation and gives such a supernatural victory that this victory spreads out and it goes back to Israel and it goes to the enemy's camp. Let me tell you what, if you've got courage to stand up and believe God for the miracle, when the miracle is manifest, God will make sure that the testimony of it gets to the enemy's camp and gets to those that are hiding in God. God's camp because that courage has a way of changing things. Two responses to courage. The first one is this. The rebels return. The rebels return. Now verse 21 is quite sobering. Moreover, the Hebrews who were with the Philistines before that time. Some of the Hebrews were so afraid, instead of hiding in the holes in the caves, they changed their... uh, Brother, you're coming early because I still got a little more. I know the time is there, but I tell you what, you just sit right there and hang with me, okay? 
We're good. We're good. I, I'm telling you, I ain't letting this one go. Praise God. <laughs> and I love, I love Bob Scott's my man. Woo. But let me tell you what. There were Hebrews. This is what will happen. If you're not willing to stand for what is right, you will fall for what is wrong. You think you can stay in neutral, but there's a force pushing you. There's a force pushing you. You cannot play, well, I'm just going to play dumb on this here. you got to know what is right and what is wrong. Because if not, the enemy will push you on his side. Here, the Hebrews who were with the Philistines before that time who went up with them into the camp from the surrounding country, they also joined the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Now you picture this. You have these Hebrews, these Jews, who are no longer identifying themselves as Israelites. They are no longer identifying themselves as a people of God. They've completely abandoned the whole concept of being the people of God. Now, let's before we point a finger and judge them, we need to judge ourselves today. Are we in ourselves uh, in a place of hiding uh, to where we have failed to identify as being the people of God? They had joined themselves with the Philistines. They'd learned their language. They'd taken on their conduct. They had picked up their culture and their clothing and everything about the, Phil the, uh, uh, the Philistines was now them. And here this Philistine army, picture this, a whole regiment of soldiers and, and within that group of soldiers that are fighting against, speaking against, coming against the people of God, right in the middle of it are children of God, Israelites. And, but you couldn't tell they were Israelites because they didn't look like Israelites. They didn't talk like the Israelites. Uh, they didn't mention the name of God. Uh, everything about them looked like the Philistines uh, and they were hiding there among them. Wow. And when the word got back to the Philistine army about the courage of Jonathan and his armor bearer, just two men who had wiped out a whole regiment, they were reminded that our God is bigger. Our God is alive. Our God is... That. They were reminded in the back of their mind, like, wait a minute, I know that Jonathan and his armor bearer didn't have the strength or the ability or the swords or what was needed to fight that garrison. They couldn't have done it. We know that God's hand got involved in the fight. Reminded them that their God was a supernatural God. And with just the news of their courage, it awakened a sense of personal identity that they've been burying for so long and suddenly they're stripping off their Philistine garb and their Philistine identity and they begin to run back to the Jewish camp and fight against the very people that they spent their life just with recently fighting with. Okay, and I'm saying to you today, let courage arise in the name of Jesus so the testimony of your courage uh, can reach those Christians uh, or those that once served God and who now are hiding uh, in the enemy's camp. You're talking like the world. You're dressing like the world. You're adopting the culture of the world. Uh, you're trying to put a stamp of approval upon anything the world puts it on because you just want to be a part of the accepted group. Let me tell you why. I pray that the courage uh, of some Christians would rise up and bring forth the demonstration of the glory and the power of God 
in such a way that it would awaken the identity that is on the inside of you. You were created in the image of God. You were created to worship God. You were created to serve God. You were created to be a mighty fortress for God. And in the name of Jesus, I pray today that the testimony of the glory of God would come upon our lives in such a way that it would awaken the identity of the rebels and they would say, I need to get back on the right side. I need to align myself with the Word of God. I need to align myself with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. There's something about courage that calls a sense of purpose and destiny out of the hearts of people who you thought you never could touch, who you thought you never could get to serve the Lord. Just be a man or woman of integrity. Be a man or woman of faith. Be a man or woman of righteousness. And your very testimony of your life will reach into the hearts of those you thought were untouchable. And the next thing you know, they're taking the world's garb off. They're dropping the world's language. They're dropping the world's culture. And they're coming on God's side. Hallelujah. The Bible doesn't say why, but these folks had left out of fear, out of disappointment, out of personal failure. I don't know why they left and crossed over. Who knows what happened? Yet when they heard the story of courage, they got rid of the world. They got rid of the Philistine. Smells, language, stench, everything. And said, it's time for us to go home. The rebels return. There's some rebels out there right now. They, they saw you play in church. They saw us play in church. We, we were holding on that we have a form of godliness. But we denied the power. And they said, well, you know what? If there ain't no power there, I'll just go with the majority in the world. And the world says it's okay to kill a baby. It's okay to kill a baby. If the world says, oh, don't kill a puppy, then we'll pass laws and we'll, we'll bury you under the jailhouse if you kill a puppy. But you kill a baby, we'll reward you. Okay? But if that's what the world says, let's do what the world says. And here's the church over here doing our come by, Lord. Come by, you got our form. But no power! I'm praying that courage would cause some people to rise up and stand in the face of opposition and stand in the face of pain and stand in the face of sickness and stand in the face of financial ruin and say, I'm not giving up and I'm not giving in. I'm calling on a supernatural God that I serve who I know is able. Hallelujah. And He's going to break through and break free. Hallelujah. Two responses to courage. The rebels return. And then finally, the fearful rise up faithful. Oh God, let that happen in this house. That the fearful would rise up faithful. Likewise, all the men of Israel who had hidden in the mountains of Ephraim, they'd been hiding there, hiding themselves. But now, look, when they heard, when they heard that the Philistines fled, oh, the devil ain't as big and bad as he thinks. He's afraid of God. Two men with God is a majority against an army that is innumerable, 30,000 chariots, 8,000 horses, okay, Let's join in on the fight. And they followed hard after them in the battle. This is not the one who abandoned God's plan, but these were the ones who had lost their joy. It's like their life was gone. Their vision was gone. Their passion was gone. Maybe that's you. Where's your joy? Where's your vision? Where's your passion for making a difference, an eternal difference? And they were in hiding. They're not connected to the purpose of God because they have emotionally, mentally, and physically withdrawn from any sense of contact or accountability and purpose. And they just sit there hiding in caves and valleys and trying to find comfort in the day under the shade of pomegranate trees. Disconnected with purpose. Is that you? 
Maybe it was loss. Maybe it was disappointment. Maybe it was failure. I don't know what it was that caused them to go there, but we know ultimately it was fear. But somehow this story of courage from this soldier in his armor bearer reached back into the valleys and into the caves and into the holes and into the dark places where they were hiding. And it awakened them, bringing them out of the cave. And they didn't just come out to it, uh, just to look and observe. The Bible says they ran hard after the enemy. Hallelujah. Because no one of us is born to hide. It's not in your DNA. God did not create you a coward. He created you to be a man or a woman of courage. No one of us was born to be insignificant. Every person, including you right now, was designed and designated to be significant in this world. No one who knows who God wants them to be will want anything else but more of Him. More of Him. So here are the people who were lost in their own junk. And courage caused them to rise up and run to the front lines. There may be people hiding own way today you're not engaged with what the Lord is saying you're not engaged in what the Lord is doing afraid of the threats of the enemy and believe you me they'll only get bigger and badder you're just trying to get by oh let me stay under the radar oh, let me get I've told you a thousand times stop being afraid of the devil I talk against the devil and people say pastor you can't talk like that and I say if Jesus gave me authority over all the power of the enemy and he by no means shall harm me and he's supposed to be under my feet well then by golly I'm going to take my position and I'm not running I'm kicking down the gates of hell rather than hiding from the radar of hell come on now if you're here today maybe you're fully dressed in Philistine garb you look like, act like, talk like just like the world does you're living your life opposed to the things of God just to get along and not to be called a hater or, or you know, a bigot or whatever it is. We have to stand on the righteousness of God's Word and we have to communicate that in love, but we have to, we don't have the right. People come to me and say, well, I just don't agree with that. I said, well, you can do what you want. you got to stand before God one day. I said, I don't have the right to change what He says. So don't ask me to. I don't have that right. You say, well, yeah, you can, you can alter things. Uh-huh. At 17, I died and went to hell. At 17, in my own strength, I committed suicide. And I saw a right hand come into the roof of my car and save my life. And I learned in Isaiah 41.10, the right hand of God reaches in and saves. And I said, that's the right hand of God? I died in my effort and went to hell when I was 17. The only reason I live today is because of the mighty right hand of God that saved my life. And do you think I'm going to come against Him? You think I'm going to... And He's the one created us and He's the one made everything that if we'll go according to His way, everything will work right. It will work right. So don't ask me to change it. I can't. I won't. I'm not going to. And you shouldn't either. You shouldn't either. Because you will stand before God one day accountable for everything that we do. He's a loving God, but He's a just God as well. So let the sound of the story of courage cause you to leave that cave. Strip off that worldly guard. Cast off that worldly talk, that mindset. And say, you know what? Even the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm coming out of free. And then know this, your, your courage will have effect on others.
There's others around you faced with crisis and calamity. They're faced with challenges. And let me tell you what, if you will live the life of courage, be the child of God He's called you to be, unashamed of Him, let me tell you what, your story of courage will have a way of impacting. I mean, Jonathan and his armor bearer wasn't thinking about how this was going to change the enemy's camp or change uh, his, his own uh, nation. They did. I'm sure they weren't even thinking of that. But God is showing us that our story of courage Maybe it was boldness and giving witness. Maybe it was praying for somebody in a public place. Maybe it was a courageous gift that you gave to God uh, and, and, and it was an answered prayer to someone. Let me tell you what, just do it God's way. So let me close with these two verses. Psalms 27, 14. Wait on the Lord. That means trust in the Lord. That means sit in a waiting room. That means trust in Him. Put your dependence on Him. I'm not looking for Uncle Sam to pay my bills. I'm not looking for a corporation to pay my bills. I'm not looking for uh, some my own business to pay my bills. I'm not looking for my own strength and own wisdom to pay my bills. I'm trusting the Lord. So I'm going to do it God's way. If you go any other way, you'll compromise. You know, I'm trusting the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. It's going to call for courage. It's going to come against the grain of things. It's going to call for courage. And then he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And Joshua 1 and 9, God tells Joshua to tell us, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And if God be with you, who can be against you? And if God be with you and he is Jehovah Jireh, he will meet your every need according to your every need according to his riches and glory. There's nothing for you to worry about. If he will be the mighty right hand of heaven manifested in your presence, let me tell you what should what should you be worried about? If he's Jehovah Rapha, your healer, what should you be worried about? If he's Jehovah Shalom, your peace where nothing is broken and nothing is missing, what should you be worried about? If you want the Lord with you, you've got to be strong and courageous. Let courage arise. Let courage arise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray today that a gift of God as it pertains to courage be bestowed upon each and every one of you. And if you want to say today, God, count me in. I'm not hiding in the caves. I'm not on the enemy's side. I'm not, I'm not on the, your side hiding in caves. I want to be a man or woman of purpose and destiny. I want to be your child that you can count on. You said arise and shine for the glory of the Lord has come and you will, you will rise upon us. But you need me to rise first. I'm going to stand and say, here I am. I'm the moon. You can be the sun to reflect your glory. Would you just stand with me if that's your declaration here today? That I'm going to be a man or woman of courage. I'm going to stand on righteousness. I'm going to stand on the love of God, the principles of God, the praise of God. I'm going to stand on the love of God. I'm going to stand on the teachings of God. I'm just going to stand with Him. I'm going to stand with Him. If the whole world falls, I'm going to be standing with the Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you see your sons and daughters standing before you even now. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that there would be this supernatural uh, uh, gift from you today, Lord God, as it pertains to courage bestowed upon each and every one right now, Lord God. A new grace of courage, I pray on you right now. A new grace of courage in the name of Jesus. Release it. Release it. Those of you who want it, who want it receive it right now. God, I'm asking for you to release that, that new grace of courage in the name of Jesus in these trying times, in these dark times where there's more light needed today than ever before. Lord God, as they would stand uh, to receive it, Lord God, release it on them right now. Release it on them right now. You receive it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So that you'll leave here with courage to speak against that fear today. So you will leave with courage to stand up and speak against that 
that sickness today so that you will leave with courage that you will stand up and speak against that bondage today that you will leave here with courage and stand up and speak against that plot of the enemy in your family's life today uh, that you will leave here standing up and speaking with courage uh, against every plan of the devil and say enough is enough it is over I'm coming up out of the cave I'm climbing up out of this hole uh, and I'm going to come against you devil in the name of Jesus uh, and I'm going to bring forth and usher in the glory of God in such a way uh, that God and only God's going to get the credit God and only God is going to know uh, we're going to know that he is the one that has done the supernatural thing hallelujah so Lord God hear my I'll rise and shine for our light is come and the glory of your the Lord has risen on us hallelujah the glory of the Lord has risen on us let us rise let us rise let us shine yes darkness covers the earth and deep darkness covers the people but the Lord will arise over you right now he will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you I pray it in the name of Jesus his glory will be seen upon you the manifest presence and power of God will be seen upon you healing come right now deliverance come right now promotion come right now breakthrough come right now release come right now in the name of Jesus his glory will be seen upon you the weight of his manifest power and presence be seen upon you the miracles manifest in the name of Jesus upon you and now even the world will come to your light and the rulers in this world will come to the brightness of your rising because you have the courage to stand you have the courage to speak you have the courage to walk it out God's way hallelujah let your sons and daughters arise let your sons and daughters arise maybe you're here today and and you say wait a minute I feel like a surge of courage and I'm not a child of God you can be right now do you hear what I'm saying you can be right now if you've got the courage to say Jesus come into my heart Jesus I want to serve you Forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I welcome you. I'm tired of running the show. I'm tired of living for the devil. I'm tired of living for the fleshly desire. I'm tired of this Philistine garb. I'm tired of this Philistine culture and language. I want to get on the right side. Jesus, come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. The Bible says if you will invite him in, he will come. He will come. Call upon his name, the Bible says, you shall be saved. Jesus, Jesus. Just call upon his name, Jesus. Jesus. Come be my Lord and my Savior. Believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead. Is he alive? Yes, he is. Believe it. Now confess, Jesus is my Lord. I surrender to you, Jesus. I surrender my life. Come on, just tell him right now. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. The Bible says if you call upon the name of Jesus, you invite him into your heart, you repent of your sins, and you ask God to forgive you. And now you're willing to declare, Jesus is my Lord, I'm going to live my life for him. I have the courage, I'm going to live my life for him. The Bible says you're saved. The Bible says your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. The Bible says angels are dancing, rejoicing in heaven over the record of your home going one day to be eternity with him. Hallelujah. Now have the courage to let somebody know. The Bible says if we are ashamed of the Lord and won't tell others about Him, and we don't tell anybody about it, then He's ashamed of us. So now have the courage to tell somebody, I gave my life to Jesus. Come let me know or go to the Welcome Center and let them know. we got a Bible. If you need a Bible, we'll give you a Bible. we just here. we got the discipleship class. We've got everything to help you. But you got to let somebody know. Jesus is now my Lord and Savior. I'm not ashamed of Him. I've got courage. 
and my courage is going to cause a positive impact on the people around me. To God be the glory. To God be the honor. I just feel like somebody needs personal prayer. So if our prayer ministers would just come, and as they're coming, if you need personal prayer, just quickly follow them, follow them, and we're going to let you guys pray here in the altar. If you need that personal touch, you need somebody to stand in agreement with you on anything, just come right now. Don't delay. We don't want to delay this. This is, this is serious business. we got courage. We're not ashamed. We're not negotiating. We're just like, I need somebody to stand in agreement with me and believe God for They're here. Just come. Just come. Just come. Hallelujah. The Lord said somebody needs a personal, somebody just personal touch. I'm just giving you that opportunity. Just come as prayer ministers. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Now, all the saints of God, I want you to just pray. Let's pray not for ourselves, but let's pray for one another. I want you to just you to just start praying for the people around you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just right now, Lord God, we pray blessings. We pray, Lord God, strength. We pray, Lord God, favor. We pray, Lord God, release. We pray, Lord God, healing. Just, Lord, wherever it's needed around me, Lord God, let as Peter's shadow would touch the people and they were healed, Lord God, as our prayers are heard for those around us, Lord God, let, let the healing come to those who need it. Let the deliverance come to those who need it. Let the breakthrough come to those who need it. Let the promotion come to those who need it. Let the turnaround come to those who need it. Lord God, we just pray and we're praying for them right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we're just declaring blessing. Just declaring blessing. Our Lord, over my brothers and sisters, I declare blessing. Your blessings, Lord God. Your uh, uh, abundant supernatural provision, Lord God, that not one need would be met, uh, left unmet, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, let the power of your Holy Ghost, let the power of your Holy Ghost fill each and every one of my brothers and sisters afresh and anew. And fill me too, Lord God. I want to leave, leave here. Fill this house. Fill my house. Fill my body. Fill me, Lord God, with your presence and your power. And Lord God, that I can go out into this week, Lord God, and I can bring forth the manifest of your glory. Hallelujah. And Lord God, we just thank you. We praise you. And we just ask now, Lord God, that your favor would go with each and every one of us. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we just pray favor and blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. 